Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Good morning, sir. Well, Lieutenant Holden. Oh, what are you doing here at this time of the morning? Well, I'm sorry to wake you up, sir, but I now, think... Come that... in, come in, man. It's a bit too chilly to be talking in doorways. Well, then, what did you say brought you here? Well, I'm afraid this is an emergency, Colonel. Uh, Lieutenant, if this is an emergency, get to the point right away. Uh, yes, sir. I, uh, well, we found that they've launched another rocket, and... Now, we... come on, Holden. During the past 15 years, they've launched several thousand rockets. Did you wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning to let me know they've launched another one? No, sir, not exactly. The reason I woke you up is because... Well, this particular rocket is heading straight toward us. Theater 5 presents Point of Impact. made a mistake somewhere? Yes, sir, I am. Now, all our calculations show the rocket is headed straight toward us. And unless something alters its course, it'll probably hit within a radius of five to ten miles from the base. All right. I assume you have a car waiting? Yes, sir. Jim, what's happened? You wait for me in the car, Lieutenant. I'll be out in a couple of minutes. Jim, what's going on? Uh, nothing. Nothing important, really. Uh, go back to bed, dear. There's nothing to worry about. But who was that? Who was who? Now, Jim, please, who was that you were talking to? Oh, uh, uh, Lieutenant Holden. You must remember him. You met him at the Watsons a couple of times. Jim, stop this nonsense. What did he want? Nothing. And where are you going? To base operations. I have to check something. There seems to be a little problem, and Lieutenant Holden... What sort of problem? Oh, it's nothing important. I I told you, it's just that these young kids, you know, they just get their gold bars and they... What sort of problem? Kathy, I already told you, nothing important. Colonel, you're not talking to your five-year-old son now. He might be easier to convince that the commanding officer of an air defense base is awakened at three in the morning. Not by phone, but by a personal visit. For no reason. Kathy, go back to sleep. Of course he had a reason for waking me up. But there is no cause for alarm. Lieutenant Holden is a bright young man, but he's also inexperienced, and he knows it. He could not afford to take a chance. He thinks we've got a problem on our hands, and rather than face it alone, he came to see me. I'm going to base operations to see what's going on, and I'll be back in half an hour. Have you called the president, Lieutenant? No, sir, not yet. I thought I'd let you know first. Good. Now, let me have it from the top. What do we know about the rocket? 
Not much, sir. We believe it's one of their latest models, probably one million pounds thrust. That's more than enough for a nuclear head. Well, now, we tracked it first from launch, and it seemed like a routine launch at first, but we kept an eye on it anyway. The tracking equipment showed a speed of roughly 17,800 miles an hour. Well, that's routine for orbiting a satellite, man. I'm Hold begging the colonel's pardon, sir, but that was several hours ago. There were three orbits of the Earth. I mean, the whole thing was first placed into an orbit of the Earth. You mean rocket and all? Yes, sir. Rocket and all. Now, the whole thing orbited three times, and then something happened which we can't explain so far. The rocket left the orbit, changed course, and began heading straight toward us. Then it's a manned spaceship. Well, no, sir. We're sure of that. The radio tracking equipment reports no conversation. Now, we did track intense radioactivity at launch and just before the rocket changed course, however. Well, if this is meant to be a surprise attack, they would observe complete radio silence. Once the men got their orders, there wouldn't be any need for communications. Well, we thought of that, sir. And we fed the radio data into a computer, but it showed no speech pattern. It's definitely not a manned spaceship. And a change of course was accomplished by radio command. What's the present speed of the rocket? Well, that's another strange thing, sir. As soon as it left the orbit, the speed decreased to slightly less than 8,000 miles an hour. Then it increased again to over 8,000. Now, right now, it's close to 12,000 miles an hour. It doesn't leave us much time, does it? No, sir. If our calculations are correct, we'll be hit in just about 32 minutes from now. Well, I guess no errors here. This particular bird is headed toward us. They've finally done it. But why? Why in the blazes now? And with no provocation. Why would they want to do a thing like that? Base operations, Colonel Brooks. Uh, good morning, sir. This is Sergeant Davis. Mrs. Brooks is right outside to see the colonel. May I send Yeah, her? I'll be right out. Kathy, how often have I told Jim, you... stop not... it. Do you hear? Just stop it. I know. You, you told me never to disturb you here. And why did you? Because something is terribly wrong, and I know it. And you know it. And because I want to know what's wrong. Okay. You're right. Something is terribly wrong. Where's the boy? Outside in the car, sleeping. Oh, good. Now, Kathy, as soon as I'm through talking, I want you to get into the car. Is the tank full? Almost. Oh, fine. Now, get into the car and drive. And as soon as you hit the highway, push the gas pedal all the way down to the floor and don't take it off until you run out of gas. It sounds frightening. It was meant to be. Kathy, in less than half an hour, we're going to be hit by a rocket which we believe carries a nuclear warhead. Now, first we thought it might be a routine satellite launch or some deep space probe, but now we know better. The rocket is heading straight toward us. It'll hit within a couple of miles from here and... From what we know about the gentleman who launched it, we can assume that what it carries in its head is not a message of friendship. What we know about the gentleman who launched that rocket. What do we know about them? What are you talking it's about? It's a simple question. What do we know about them? All we know is they can launch rockets, possibly reach another planet. But what do we know about them? 
do we know how they think and, and, and feel? Oh, Kathy, what are you asking me for? You know we don't have answers to any of those questions. We've been trying to communicate with them for years. They've tried to communicate with us for almost as many years, but we haven't been successful, and you know it. Which they're bridging with a rocket carrying a nuclear head because we haven't been able to find some other bridge. Kathy, darling, listen to me. You're losing precious time. Now get into the car and go. In half an hour, you should be far enough away to save yourself and the boy. But can't you do something about it? Don't you have something to stop no, it? No, no. All we can do is track it down and wait. But surely there must be some Kathy, kind of... listen to me. Every minute counts. Get going. And you, Jim. What will you do? Pray, maybe. Just pray. President, this is Colonel James Brooks, commanding officer, Air Defense Unit 205B. Good morning, Colonel. What can I do for you? Mr. President, it's my duty to inform you that we're under attack. How much time do we have? Approximately 21 minutes, sir. What are the details? A rocket, which we have every reason to believe carries a nuclear head, is presently heading toward us. We calculated its speed at roughly 12,000 miles an hour. Which means that unless we've made an error, it'll hit in a little less than 21 minutes. Hit where, Colonel? The point of impact will probably be within a radius of 5 to 10 miles from our base, sir. From your base? Where exactly are you located, Colonel? 91 miles north of Sedgwick and 76 miles west of the ocean, sir. Well, that's strange. Sir? I said that's strange. Why would they want to hit an uninhabited area? How many men do you have there, Colonel? Four officers, including myself. Eighteen enlisted men and twelve dependents, sir. Any special or unusual equipment? No, sir. We're a radar observation unit of the type B, Mr. President. No defenses whatsoever. Well, don't you agree with me it is strange? Why would they waste a nuclear bomb to destroy a radar observation unit and just a handful of people? An error in calculations, perhaps? I doubt it. You're several thousand miles from here. What I mean is, the logical thing to do is to start a surprise attack by hitting the nerve center of a nation, not a remote radar observation point. If they did make an error in calculation, it would place the point of impact within a few hundred miles from here, not a few thousand. Anyway, what are you doing about it at your end? I am waiting for your orders, sir. You have your orders, Colonel. You have my permission to put Plan B into action. Plan B? B, sir? Plan B, Colonel. No retaliation, Mr. President? No, Colonel. No retaliation. I'm praying that the rocket will hit far enough to spare all of you. But I am also praying that it's heading toward us as a result of an error. If we retaliate, it won't be an error. But, Mr. President, may I point Over out... Under my you... orders, Colonel... 
Let us both pray that the rocket's direction is the result of an error. That there will be no need for retaliation. Yes, sir. And Colonel, I want you to keep me informed. Yes, sir, I'll do that. For the next 18 minutes, anyway. Holden. Yes, sir. Put Plan B into effect. Yes, sir. Plan B, sir? That's right, Lieutenant. Second lieutenants are expendable, and it seems so are bird colonels. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, Colonel Brooks. Yes? Mrs. Brooks is waiting at the door, sir. She's been here for a while. She came while the colonel was talking to the president. Shall we let her in, sir? Where's your wife, Holden? I suppose on her way to the shelter by now. Everybody's been alerted, sir. That's good. How many minutes? Ten, sir. Uh, nine minutes and 40 seconds, actually. Uh, about Mrs. Brooks, sir. I'll go out and see her. Let me know at T minus five, Holden. Hello, Jim. Kathy. Why? It'll sound terribly corny, I know, but... I, I just couldn't go. Not that I didn't try, mind you. I, I drove as far as the bridge, but... Then I saw the base lights in the rearview mirror, and, and somehow I knew I had to come back. You never really listened to me, did you? Oh, Jim, does that really matter now? Jim, are we going to die? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But more than likely, we are. You want to know something? All my life, I was terrified at the mere thought of death, but... Right now, I'm not scared in the least. Well, I am. Oh, don't misunderstand me. Not for myself, but for you and the boy. For all these kids. I love you, Colonel Brooks. I love you because I believe you're the most wonderful person alive. Colonel, T minus five, sir. Oh, thank you, Holden. I'll be right in. Kathy, go back to the boy. Where is he, anyway? In the shelter with Mrs. Watson and her boys. You go ahead and join them. And Kathy. Hmm? Just one more thing. I love you, too. T minus four. Bogey in visual sight now. Speed steady at 11,850 miles an hour. T minus three. Bogey continuing on a collision course. Speed unchanged. T minus two. Bogey still on collision course. Speed steady at 11,850. Impact point two and three tenths miles. T minus one. Bogey still on collision course. Speed steady. Correct impact point to one and eight tenths of a mile. T minus 30 seconds. Impact point one and eight tenths of a mile. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It 
It's a dud. Hold it. No one move until I say so. It may have a delayed action fuse. Mr. President, this is Colonel Brooks. You're alive. Any casualties? No, sir. It seems to be a dud. Either that or it's equipped with a delayed action fuse. Delayed action? Sounds unlikely. Just a moment, Colonel. The Secretary of Defense is with me. Maybe he can throw some light on the subject. Colonel, the Secretary tells me there's no information that any of their nuclear heads are equipped with delayed action fuses. Then it's a dud, sir. It hit less than two miles from the base. I'm heading right for the point of impact, and I'll report to you as soon as I'm back. Can you see it, Colonel? Right. Let's go. Colonel, this is not a bomb. Well, how in the devil can you tell? It's all in pieces. Colonel, look. Huh? This is a lens. A movie or a TV camera lens. Hey, you're right. This is a lens. This must be an exploratory probe from Earth to photograph our planet. Yeah. Made in USA. What is USA? I don't know, sir. It was probably one of the labs on Earth. Probably the lab that manufactured the lens. Well, I'm sure we'll know soon enough. If they succeed in sending a camera all the way to Mars, I'm convinced we'll have a visitor from Earth pretty soon. Let's head back now. I must tell the president. Mr. President, this is Colonel Brooks again. Yes, Colonel. Sir, it wasn't a dud, and it wasn't a bomb. What it actually was is a camera, a movie or TV camera. A camera? Yes, sir. No doubt an exploratory probe from Earth to photograph Mars, probably to find out whether there's life on our uh, planet. Colonel, Colonel Brooks, sir. Can't it wait, ma'am? No, sir, I'm afraid you can't. Mr. President, uh, just a moment, Mr. Colonel, President. I would suggest you keep the line open. You may want to read this to the President right away. Mr. President, and Mr. President, here's a communication from Radar Central. An object originating from Earth is heading toward our planet. It's several times larger than the object which just landed. Just a moment, Brooks. The entire council is assembled here and listening to your report. I want to make sure they understand. It is several times larger than the object which just landed. Go ahead. A recording of radio communications between the unidentified craft and Earth fed into a computer indicates a definite speech pattern. Speed, 8,350 miles per hour. Probable point of impact, longitude 10634. Latitude 3476. We have only a few moments to decide whether or not this is an attack or whether or not we wish to retaliate. Whether to implement plan A or plan B. Whether or not to destroy the planet Earth.
5 has presented Point of Impact, written by Michael A. Hanu, produced and directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, Joan Lovejoy, Robert Dryden, Ralph Camargo, Stan Watt, and Larry Robinson. Audio engineers, Marty Folia and Neil Pulse. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.